Goodness, that was good. <laughs> that was very good. Good way to start. Um, we're going to look at First uh, Corinthians again tonight, um, continuing on our way through the book. And we are in First Corinthians chapter 2. We covered the first five verses last week, uh, Paul's reliance upon the Spirit. And he's, uh, was talking, he's talking to the problems that are in the Corinthian church. Uh, there are many. Um, there is disunity. There are people following different paths. Um, there is um, a bent to um, philosophy. Philosophy is basically the definition of that is the love of wisdom. And so figuring things out for ourselves and the love of, the love of knowledge, the love of learning, the love of uh, just saying, look what I found out that no one else did. And so there's that, and it causes disunity, too, because some are following, they say, Apollos. Some are following Peter. Some are following Paul. Some are following Christ. And Paul's answer to that was, was I crucified for you? There's, there's one God. Uh, Pastor Bill already mentioned that, one true and living God. There's only one. And so he's answered some of these questions, and, and he's not emphasized really he said, I haven't baptized many. He mentioned a few. Past that, he didn't remember. But what he did emphasize, and I think it's important for us tonight as we move on in chapter 2 and kind of finish chapter 2 tonight, would be that he says um, that we preach Christ crucified. And he said he didn't really want to know a whole lot past that. He wanted to know, had, I think he wanted to know, had they trusted Christ? And were they now walking with Christ? Were they moving on in their faith? And all of this other stuff was just stuff that was not helpful, not building them up, not causing the church to have a good light in the community. There were struggles there. He wanted them to refocus and look at what was the most important thing. Speaking of that, when we look at this tonight, as I was reading through this this week, he wants them to focus on God's wisdom. And what is God's wisdom? I'll tell you what God's wisdom is. Anything that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's wisdom. Because it's truth. It's truth eternal. And it is truth that we can trust. Wisdom. God's wisdom. Um, And that wisdom, he's going to talk about this tonight. That wisdom is given, not earned. That wisdom is a gift. That knowledge of the holy is not something that we have discovered, but it's something that has been brought to us or given to us. And so what we want to look at tonight, and I want to um, kind of begin tonight, we're going to look at a couple verses in Ephesians before we get started, Ephesians chapter 1. What I think the problem for them, what I see, and what I think Paul wants to bring them back to, and us today, you and I today, is have you ever have you ever started a project? Well, there has to be a starting point. There has to be a place where you begin. And it's important where you begin. My wife and I built a couple of benches this week for our deck. And you know what? It's important that they're level when you start. Because if they're not level when you start, that starting point will cause you lots of problems at the end result in that, that project. So it's important where you start. And I think they had gotten off track of looking at the, the proper starting place. 
and where wisdom comes from and where salvation. And so that starting point, we could really say, if you want to talk in, in, in theology, is that we start with the uncaused first cause. And the uncaused first cause is the God of creation who existed before time began. That's where we start. We start with the God that always has been and that always will be. And that God's ways, we talked about it a little bit tonight. Pastor Bill talked about his holiness. He is set apart. He is, he is holy. He has always been here. He is God Almighty. And where we lose track is we start in the wrong spots a lot of times. We start past him or we add to him or we decide we know better than him instead of just starting and humbling ourselves and submitting to who he is and the truth that he brings to us. That wisdom, God's wisdom, given, not earned, uh, gift, not received because of anything that we have done. Um, so that that's kind of where we're going to be tonight. And I want to just we want to look at three points tonight, a wisdom that is hidden. Um, we're going to look at a wisdom that is revealed through three things. And we're going to look at a wisdom that changes everything in this passage tonight, which will be um, first, uh, first Corinthians chapter two, six through the end of the chapter, verse 16. Let's start in Ephesians, though, chapter one. Let's start with verse seven here. Ephesians one, seven. In him, we have redemption. Redemption is simply we're bought with a price. What's the price? Through his blood. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. There's a good starting point. According to the riches of his grace, not of anything that we have done. It's unearned. It's unmerited favor. It comes from God. And not only does it come from God, but, you know, I I love how it puts that. It isn't just grace. It's the riches of God's grace. It's the riches of God's grace. We are rich receiving all that God has given to us. Riches of God's grace for us, which he lavished on us. He didn't just pour half a cup. He gave us the whole the whole measure, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight, in all wisdom and insight. These things are from God. That's our starting point. God's grace, God's redemption through the blood of his son. And this started from before the ages began. And it's God's wisdom and it's insight from God alone, not from us, not from man. The starting point is God and God alone. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to the kind intention which he purposed in him, in Christ, according to the kind intention of God's will, which he purposed in him. And so that's where we start tonight. And I was looking in Genesis. You know, it didn't take long after man was created and the fall came and then man began to multiply on the earth. And God looked at the men on the earth and he said, they're doing nothing but evil and wicked continually in their hearts. You know why? Because they had lost their starting point. They had forsaken that and they had decided they would be all right on their own. And there was no one, it says in Romans, there was nobody seeking God. There was none that understood. There was nobody that was looking for God because we were self-satisfied in our own wisdom and our own foolishness. We thought we'd be all right. And the truth is, nobody's going to be all right without God. 
And the wisdom of God, and we'll look at this tonight, the wisdom of God is that he brought salvation to you and I. Not that we were looking for it, not that we were seeking it, but in his wisdom and in his grace, he lavished this great plan to rescue those who would believe and trust. In fact, he even took care of that because he chose those that would do that before the foundations of the world and wrote their names down in a book. Who knows all that stuff? Let's start at the beginning. God knows all of that stuff. And so we begin with the wisdom that is hidden in a mystery, not discoverable by observation, by taking some test tubes and figuring that out, by having a plan to recreate that. It is unrecreatable because it's of God's power, and that's God's wisdom, and that's the mystery. So we'll begin with verse 6, a wisdom that is hidden. A wisdom that is hidden. And Paul says, after he's talked about this message that he was preaching, was not with persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of the power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. And that just can go right back to verse 31 of chapter 1. So if anyone's to boast, let him boast in the Lord. Because it didn't come from us. It didn't come from us figuring it out. It came from God's power. So let's boast in him and give him praise and worship him and him alone because he is the first uncaused cause. He is God Almighty and he has brought this to us. And so in verse six, he says, yet we do not speak, yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature. Now, don't be confused here. This word mature can ha- it has several meanings. It doesn't just mean those that have moved far- farther ahead than most in their faith. It can also mean, and it's based that those have those that are saved to those that have received salvation, that group of people. And so he says, we do speak, yet we speak wisdom among those who have been saved, among the mature. A wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. Man's wisdom is speculation, it's ideas, it's each man's truth. And it says here, man's wisdom is what? Is it going to last? It says it's passing away. It's passing away. It's not going to last. Not like God's eternal word, but the wisdom of man is, is, is temporal. It says it's going to pass away. However, this age is not the rulers of this age. They're all passing away. Their wisdom, their insight, their, their plans will not come to completion. They, were, they are passing away. This world and this wisdom is passing away. But he says, we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages of our glory. And we talked a little bit about that already. God predestined those that would be saved to his glory, to his own glory, that we would be participating in that glory and see that glory and be a part of his kingdom, a part of the inheritance of Christ and and be in heaven with him forever. That glory is God's glory, not man's glory. You know what man's glory is? Man's ideas of God are simply man's idols. And you know, it isn't just that we're setting up an idol and we're worshiping that. When we create a God that isn't of the Bible... And we see it all the time. You hear it all the time. You hear it on television. You hear people talk this way. Oh, the man upstairs. He's not a man. He's God. He's holy and righteous. And he's eternal. 
And to say, to call him the man upstairs or, or that, that guy in the sky or the big guy or whatever that, that is, to bring him down to our level and that's simply creating an idol of God for our own, for our own worship. And it's simply sin. And it's, you know what it is? It's man's foolishness thinking it's wise. The mystery is, is, is not strange. It's the truth revealed that God reveals it to us through his, his will and through his desire and through his plan and through his wisdom and through his planning. Uh, yet says, we do not speak wisdom among the mature. Wisdom, however, of this age is passing away, but we do speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory, just as it is written. And, you know, this this where he says this is written, man's ideas and, and man's wisdom. He says, if they understood who God was, who Christ was when he came, they would not have crucified him. And then he quotes here. Some say it's from Isaiah 64, 4. Uh, it's not a it's it's a free quote. It's not really anywhere found in the Bible. Um but it's a quote that he has some some commentators think he was quoting uh, other apostles writings here. That could be. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, he quotes this things which I have not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man. All that God has prepared for those who love him. And let's not lose track here, too, because this he's not talking about heaven. What he's talking about is in the context He's talking about the wisdom of God and the things that God has planned for you and for me, we never would have thought of. Eye has not seen and ear has not heard of the plan of salvation. Who would imagine, you know, many of the, many of the Greeks and many of the philosophers that loved knowledge and loved philosophy said, this makes no sense that a God that you're saying created all things would come down and die for you. That's weakness. That is, that is not wise. That is not, that, you know what the world said? That's foolishness. It became a stumbling block. It became uh, an offense to the Jews that he would hang on a tree when God had said in the Old Testament, I believe in Deuteronomy, that anyone who hangs on a tree is a curse. But God's plan, if they would have read all of the Old Testament, was always for this one to come, the Messiah, this Holy One, God in the flesh with us to offer himself in wisdom and power and might to save those from before the foundations of the earth. This truth was always there. And this wisdom of God makes no sense to man. But we certainly ought to listen to God and submit to his plan because it is all wise. And it's the truth. God's wisdom, the gospel, what it's talking about. God's wisdom, man would not have guessed or man would not have seen in his eye or ear all that God has planned for him, for you and I. Think about that. God's wisdom is the gospel. Who would have thought that a sinner like you and I, that God would lavish his love on us through his son dying on a cross? That God would offer us the forgiveness of our sins that God would offer us fellowship with him forever in heaven. And what was the path to heaven? The blood of his son. Sacrifice for us. Who would have imagined that? Eye has not seen and ear has not heard that the thoughts 
of man would not have figured this out, that God would do this for us, but he did. And aren't you glad he did? Aren't you glad he did? God's wisdom, the gospel, cannot be found by observation, cannot be recreated, not by natural thought process. It's God-ordained, and it's God-given, and it's God-empowered through his Son, who died on the cross and was buried and rose three days later. Who would have thought of that plan to save sinful man? And we could look back, we could look, you know, if we had looked back and we already mentioned that in Genesis, I'm not going to turn, but if we look back and it said, God looked and all of mankind was doing nothing but thinking of evil and doing evil. You know what you and I would have done? Wash our hands of these folks. I'm done with them. I'm finished with them, but not God. God created us for his fellowship. God created us for his glory. And when sin entered the world, what God created us for was lost. And he came to rescue and redeem those that he chose to fellowship with him for eternity. That's wisdom and insight and power. That's the gospel message. And this is hidden. It's a wisdom that's hidden. And how is it revealed? We're going to talk about that in a second. But this wisdom, which none of the rulers of the age would have understood... They, if they would have understood it, they wouldn't have crucified Christ. But even that was in his plan. That was in his purpose. Because you can look in the, in the Gospels and it says that Jesus talked many times in parables instead of plainly. Why did he do that? Because it was for those who would believe. And he explained to some and some who, who didn't have it explained to them had it revealed to them by the Spirit. And they came to the knowledge of the one true God and trusted him. The Gospel that they had was that Jesus was here. The one that was promised was here, and they believed in him and trusted in him. Others called him foolish. Others called him insane. Even his own family came to take him home one day. What's going on? Have you lost your mind? No. You know what he, you know what he was still doing? The will of God and the wisdom of God in his plan to rescue you and I. But it was a wisdom that was hidden it was a mystery that, that we weren't going to figure out on our own unless God did something. And God did a lot. He came into this world and he revealed um, himself to us. In fact, I think it says in John, it says that the law was given through Moses and grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen the Father at any time, but Jesus has come and he has what? Explained him to us or revealed who God is to us, to you and I, to those who believe. You, you ever you ever think about that aha moment? I remember that aha moment when I was a young man, and and I knew there was there was, it was I was in a I was at a corner, and I turned to God. And God took that, and I just suddenly realized. You ever had that aha moment when you first just had that mystery revealed in your mind and heart, and said, "He is who He says He is, and He loves me." And he'll forgive me. I couldn't have figured that out on my own. But God brought that knowledge to me and to you. It's a mystery before that. We're not going to figure it out unless God does something. Unless God does a work in his heart. So when you present the gospel, when you share your faith that God has brought to you, that mystery of his, his grace that's been lavished on you, when you share that, don't try to talk people into that. Trust upon God to reveal that mystery to that heart and mind when you share that truth. And pray to that end, that God would open that mind to the mystery of who God is and what God has accomplished on their behalf. 
And I think when we take God's word and we take and trust his spirit to work in men's lives and just faithfully present the gospel, we'll see the mystery revealed and miracles happen in lives. I just, I know we will. I've seen it. And I, I know that we can see it again and again because God is still at work revealing himself to men and women in our world today. And then it says, our second point is a wisdom that is revealed through. And in verse 10, it says, for to us, and Paul is talking about himself as an apostle and maybe the other apostles, but at least to him, about himself, he says, for to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. And as an example, he uses um, this in verse 11. He says, for who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the spirit of God. So, you know what? I could just, we could just do an exercise right now. I could say, everybody think of their favorite food. And I would have no idea what anybody's thinking about. But you would know. The spirit that lives within you that makes that decision and loves that spaghetti or loves that ice cream with chocolate uh, hard sauce all over it. Oh, my goodness. That's good stuff. Now, you know mine. (laughs) But I would not know what's in your spirit, but you know that. Even so, no one knows the spirit of God or the mind of God except for the spirit of God. And the spirit of God reveals these things. And so that first that first that wisdom that is revealed through revelation by the spirit who knows God's mind and, and we receive that wisdom. So Paul's talking about himself and maybe the other apostles for to us, God revealed them through the spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the depths of God for who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of man, which is in him. Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the spirit of God. Um, and so it's really he's talking about this this wisdom or this this uh, hidden mystery of, of revelation, the knowledge of God is given through this revelation to special men, to the Apostle Paul and Peter and those men that wrote the Bible. They received this revelation from God. They received this word from God to write down. They received these special special insights from God. These things, if you, uh, I think it's in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, all scripture is inspired by God. You know what that word means? It means God breathed. It's like a sail of a ship that where the wind catches the sail and moves it along. That, that, that word of God is God breathed. That's why, that's why it says in Hebrews that this book is like no other book because it's alive. You know why? Because it's God breathed. And it was God breathed through men, special men. Paul says, for to us was given this, this mystery. We have this revelation. And so God wrote exactly through men in different ages, in different times, this revelation that you and I have before us today. I hope you never take that lightly, that this is the word of God. I don't understand why we don't read it more. And why we don't look here when we struggle. And why we don't look to the wisdom that lays here before us when we need answers. Because here it is. Here's the wisdom of God that lays in our lap a lot of times. And we try to figure it out on our own before we go there. And we seek our own wisdom in our own way. 
But this is a revelation of God revealed through special men by the spirit who knows the mind of God. Just like you know in your spirit, you know what you're thinking. The spirit knows what God's thinking and he revealed it through these men. And so the second is inspiration. We kind of talked about that a little bit already. This word given is inspired. This isn't just men writing things down. You know, this is a mystery too. I was reading some about this this week. That these, these men weren't robots. That God didn't say, you know, Paul, you're going to be in a trance for a little bit and write down exactly what I tell you and then you're going to put it in a book. No, it wasn't like that. These men had character and these men had education and these men had uh, personalities and God changed them. Yes, saved them. Yes. But then God used that and somehow he morphed together who they were and what they knew and wrote down to be exactly the words that were supposed to be written down. These are these are God breathed words through men like you and me. Special men with a special role in a special time in history. But these men were inspired by the Spirit of God and wrote down exactly. What do we say to that again? Simply this. You can trust the wisdom of God written down for you in this book. You can trust the wisdom of God written down for you in this book. And there's so many things, you know, that people are told today, even as believers... We sometimes doubt God's love for us because of circumstances. And the truth is, the wisdom of God has plans for us even through suffering sometimes, even through heartache sometimes. For his will and his ways and his wisdom, we don't see those things that are happening that God has already planned ahead. You know, I had an opportunity this week to take Helen out to lunch. And while we were having lunch, this lady came up. I had, I had no idea who she was. I didn't remember her. She worked with me at Owens Supermarkets. And she came up to me and she says, she knew Helen. She says, oh, he's your husband? I worked with him at Owens. And she said, she goes, I want to thank you. She goes, when no one else cared and no one else was kind to me, you were. And to my children and club, I thank you. He looked at Helen and he said, this, and it's not true. This man's an angel and he, he, helped me along when I struggled in life. I didn't even remember that. But God has a purpose and plan. You know what You know what I was probably worried about at those days? I was probably worried about how I was going to get that truck done tonight and how I was going to get through things. But God had a plan when we just trust his wisdom and treat people according to his word and live for him in the light of his word and the light of his wisdom. God has a plan and purpose. Even when we're in the midst of a struggle, God can use that for his glory. And we may not even know it. We don't need to know it. We just know, we just need to know that we want to live by the wisdom of God's word, not our own wisdom. Because this wisdom is revealed from God himself. This wisdom is inspired. God's word given by God to us. Inspired by his wisdom, not ours. God breathed. It came down from heaven to us. This is God's word, which God's, which which is all wisdom. And then through illumination. Illumination is simply um, made alive and given a new uh, nature able to understand. And so when we trust Christ as our Savior, and he talks about this here, he says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit is who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. 
which things we also speak, not in words taught by man's wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. And so this, this illumination, we, we ask God, you know, I think it says in Psalm uh, 119, David wrote, um, open your word to me. Let me see things in your word that I didn't see before that make your word illuminated to me and to let me see and be led by the spirit when we study. And I think that's just a good, a good idea. When you go to God's word, just pray and ask God to illumine those things to you. You know, three quick things you can ask, Lord, what do you want me to know about you and what I'm reading? What more do you want me to know about you? What more do you want me to know about myself and and what I need to change? And what do you want me to be obedient to? Just those three questions. What are you telling me? You won't find those in every passage, but they're a good starting point. And just ask the Lord to say, as I read this, your living word, show me more of you. Show me more of how I can serve you. Show me more of how I can worship you. Show me more of yourself and illumine these things to me. Illumination, not more revelation, Not more inspiration, but illumination, understanding. And the Holy Spirit, who lives within you, who knows the mind of God, will teach you these things. He'll teach you these things. Good teachers and preachers are important. But it's not as important as you just sitting down with your Bible, God's wisdom, and praying, asking God to illumine that to you. And to show you himself through his word and through the wisdom that lays within his written word. Wisdom that comes from God, revelation, inspiration, and illumination. And he, these things are spiritual thoughts in our lives, wanting to know more of what God would want us to do, not what the world wants us to do. And there was spiritual words, God's word to us. The world may think it's foolishness. The world may think it's, it's crazy to believe these things, but we know the truth because God has brought this knowledge, this mystery of the gospel, this forgiveness, this redemption through his word and through his spirit. But the natural man, the natural man, it says in verse 14, and this is our our last point, a wisdom that changes everything. A natural man or one who hasn't believed and trusted in Christ, trusted himself, hasn't had that starting point of God. The natural man does not accept the things of the spirit of God for their foolishness to him and cannot be, he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised or spiritually brought to us. They are brought by the spirit and you have to have that spirit leading and guiding us and instructing us. So the natural man, these are just foolishness to him. You know, you can, and I know there, there are probably men in universities today that know a whole lot more about the Bible, maybe than you and I do, but you know what they don't know? They don't know the God of the Bible. They know a lot of facts, but they don't have a relationship. They know a lot of things that they figured out or they think they figured out, but they haven't understood the truth. They think they're wise, but they're really foolishness in their thinking and thinking that they have figured God out and know him just by studying him and observing him. It has to be from God's power. These things are spiritually appraised and discerned from God, not from the natural man. The natural man cannot. And when they when, when the natural man says to you, you just believe in a, a, foolish, a foolish fable, a foolish story, a foolish fact or two from an old, old book, you know, they're not attacking you 
and they're not judging you. You know who they're really judging? They're judging God. And that's a dangerous place to be, to judge God and to judge the things of God and say, I know more than God. I've, I've decided I am smarter than God. Um, not to, not to, not, not, let's not go there. Um, not go there and think that, that others are smart because they're smart, but it comes with a relationship with God. They're spiritually discerned. They come from God. They're by God's power, and it's only by God's power. And the natural man in his own devices and his own knowledge cannot understand these things. In fact, they just seem like foolishness to him. He cannot understand those things. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. And appraises all things is kind of another way of saying up here about uh, understanding of understanding the truth. Um, one example of one commentator used, I read this week, and it's a good example. The same word is used in the road to Emmaus when Jesus was walking along with them and he, he explained all of these things. And what is it? It says in there, use that same word. It says that he opened their minds to understand. They were blinded before that. They were walking and talking with Jesus and they were blinded until what? Until God opened their eyes to the wisdom of what lay in front of them. And he opened their minds to understanding the truth of the wisdom of God and the gospel. No wonder they were excited. Once he disappeared, they said, wow, what did they say? Weren't our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us about these things? Doesn't this excite you? I hope that it excites us today to read the wisdom of God every day. And to just ask God to show us more of himself and to look here into his word and know that these things are from God, not from man. These things aren't foolishness. They are the wisdom from before time began. They may be a mystery to those who do not believe, to the natural man, but to you and to I, they're truth and life and wisdom from God. And we cherish them. Oh, we should. And this changes everything. The natural man can't understand these things, but we have a new nature a new way of looking at everything. And we spiritually appraise all things. Yet he himself is appraised by no one, uh, not to be judged by anyone. For who has known the mind of the Lord that the will that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And I want to kind of finish there. This, this starting point is that God has brought us to himself and then he has given us the spirit and we have the mind of Christ. And this changing everything, this, this new mindset, this new seeing things. You know, what it, you know what we see things through now? This new way of looking at things is we filter everything through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would my Savior be pleased? Is this in God's will? Would Jesus... Because of what he, Jesus has done for me, would this be pleasing to him? We filter everything and we praise everything. Would this be good or bad according to God's standard? Not mine. According to his holiness. According to how I want to live before him. We appraise all things. And we don't, we don't know all things, but we appraise all things in the light of the gospel that God has brought to our minds to understand. This new mindset sees things in the light of the truth of the gospel of God. Our desire should be to grow in our relationship with Christ and to align our thoughts and our actions with the will of God because we have the mind of Christ. What was Christ's desire? 
I came not to do my own will, he said, but I came to do the will of the Father who sent me. And we want to be those type of people that want more and more of the truth of God, the wisdom of God. Um, And I I think one other point through this whole passage, and we didn't highlight that, but if you kind of read through it again, there's a lot of this, not this, but that. Not this, but that. Not this, but that. You know, the world will tell you, you want this. No, not that, (laughs) say. Not this, but that. And so kind of look through that and see some of those, uh, not this, but that. Um, Not... uh, not, not in what the world thinks, but what God thinks. Not in foolishness, but in the wisdom of God. Not in the desires of the world, but in the desires and the will of God. Not in the natural things that are foolish, but in the wisdom of God. So not, but. Um, we live here now, but our home is there. And God's wisdom has brought that, that revelation to us, that we are one day going to leave this world and go and be with him. Um, and God promised that. And his word is true. And we can trust that completely. His wisdom, his insight, his power, uh, wisdom that's hidden until God reveals it, reveals it through revelation, through inspiration and through illumination. A God that brings wisdom that changes everything in our lives when we understand the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ changes everything. And it should as we grow in tells us in Second Peter 318 grow in the grace and the knowledge, or I could, I guess we could substitute wisdom, grow in the grace and the knowledge and the wisdom of God. And where do you find that? We seek him in the scriptures and the spirit leads us to find him. Father in heaven, we thank you for this time together tonight. Thank you for the wisdom that you have brought to us. Thank you for the gospel, for saving us, for bringing to us the truth to our minds and to our hearts to change our thinking, to change our desires, to change our heart from a stone heart to a heart of flesh that can receive the truth and absorb it and, and want more of it. Help us to help us to be that. Help us to, to seek you, to seek your guidance, seek your wisdom, not our own, to trust you um, in all things because you love us and because you have called us to be your children. You have revealed yourself to us and changes, changed us completely. Um, we thank you for that. We thank you for this, this wisdom that's from you, this wisdom that was from the ages past, this wisdom that will not pass away of your word. We have it here. Let us follow you faithfully each day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.